listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first guest and topic of today. In the next 20 minutes or so, we're talking about the role of technology in language learning. And I'm really delighted to be joined by Professor Lin Chin Si, an associate professor from the Faculty of Education at the University of Hong Kong. Welcome to the program, Professor Lin. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me, Noreen. We are- we're also live on Facebook this afternoon, so we'd love for our listeners to join us there. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. So, Professor Lin, I've, I've been reading up about you, and, and your research expertise includes Chinese language and literature education. Can you share a little bit more about sort of your research area? Okay, wonderful. Um, my research is in technology and language learning in general, especially learning a first or second language in out of school context. Uh, I have done research situated in the United States, mainland China, Hong Kong, and South Korea. Specifically, my research look into how technology enables learners to a new language more effectively. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. What would you say is the role of technology when learning uh, new languages? Well, uh, I love technology. I use technology every day. So I would say technology plays a very important role uh, in learning a uh, language. So before I uh, answer this question in more detail, I will talk a couple um, studies I've done and now put technology uh, into the context. So my research identified uh, several important factors that may affect uh, learning outcomes, especially self-regulation and interactions. So these are the two important factors uh, identified uh, from literature and from my research. We found that if students can consciously monitor their learning processes, and change their learning strategy if needed, they are likely to learn better than those who can't. For self-regulation, technology play different can play uh, various roles. For example, technology can be used as a medium for students to learn how to monitor uh, their learning. So they can learn self-regulation from a self-paced online course. Another example is that technology can serve as a reflection tool where learners can document their progress and the processes, challenges, and strategy they have used during the learning. The last example is that technology can serve as a prompt to facilitate the development of self-regulation. For example, after students learn for like 10 minutes, a message box or phone notification can remind them, uh, are you doing what you had planned? Do you have any challenges? Uh, what else do we want to change? So that's the self-regulation part. Another part of my research is uh, interaction. So we believe that uh, uh, interaction uh, affects language learning outcomes. Uh, if we ask people how you learn a language, many people will answer, answer, of course, I want to communicate. But in reality is that when they learn a new language, they they don't. They just learn words on their own and they forget the purpose of uh, learning a new language. You want to connect with the native speaker, but uh, many people are too afraid to speak. 
Professor yeah, Lin, that's, very that's such a great point. I have colleagues who um, self-taught Japanese. They learn Japanese by themselves because they liked uh, Japanese uh, anime or all sorts of uh, cultural things. And then I ask them, well, do you ever speak to a Japanese person? They say, no. <laughs> so that yeah, I think illustrates difficult. your yeah, points. Or, or Korean yeah. for that matter, because of K-drama. It helps them mm-hmm. sort of understand K-drama, but they never ever speak it to, to a Korean person. <laughs> That's right. So technology plays a very important role indeed. In here, uh, technology allows you to connect with the target language communities. So if you want, there are a lot of native speakers in online communities. If you sign up, they will match you with the native speakers and you can teach them your language. They can teach you your language and you can receive feedback from the exchange. So there are lots of uh, such uh, platform like this. Social media uh, is a common tool for learners to communicate beyond this platform. Uh, currently, there are several websites that will connect you with native speakers such as LANG-A, L-A-N-G, dash number A, uh, Language Exchange, and LANG Correct, Language Correct. So these are platforms that you can find native speakers. Uh, each platform has its difference, but they uh, they all offer the same opportunity to connect with native speakers. So you can start from there, and uh, uh, as long as you keep uh, interacting with native speakers, your language will gradually improve. Professor Lin, what sorts of things do students monitor uh, when it comes to language learning? You, you mentioned that as your first point. You know, they'll only progress if they can monitor it. What sorts of things are you are you monitoring? Uh, there are a couple of things they can monitor. So the first thing is their progress. Uh, when you read, when you speak. Uh, do you speak clearly? Do other people understand what you are talking about? Uh, people may make mistakes over and over, but if we do not reflect on our mistake, we will keep making the same mistake. Reflecting your own uh, mistake will help you to address it. But uh, uh, learning a language is a different thing. Sometimes we notice that we, we know we will make mistakes. But uh, it's still very hard to internalize some grammars into your daily speaking. So it takes time. But uh, as long as you keep uh, reflecting, um, one day you will get it. Another thing is the strategy. Uh, If you read in a new language, uh, if you encounter a new word, what kind of strategy do you use? Do you... uh, just uh, look it up in the dictionary or where you can guess it from the context. Yeah. So using language learning strategies such as association, you link this word to something you already know will help you remember words more effectively and uh, you can remember it in the long run. Um, another thing is communication strategies. Sometimes we uh, we are lacking the words we need, so we are using alternative expressions to communicate. So then you can also monitor what kind of strategies you use when you communicate with people. 
So you may not have the perfect uh, uh, grammar or word, but people can understand you. That's the point of communicating. Absolutely, and sometimes you know people's English don't have to be perfect, but if you're able to be very articulate when you explain that the, the message, that's what communication. That's what language is ultimately about.、Um, we're talking、sure. with Professor Lin Chinsi, an associate professor from the Faculty of Education at the University of Hong Kong, this afternoon. And Professor Lin teaches、um, students who will then become teachers one day、uh, to help other students. So, Professor Lin, what sorts of difficulties or Challenges、um, do students have when they're learning a new language, such as uh, uh, Mandarin or, or Cantonese? Let's put it into context、mm-hmm. in the Hong Kong context.、Mm-hmm. So the two factors I mentioned earlier will be the two、uh, major difficulties if they do not regularly monitor their progress and strategy use, they will encounter difficulty. Another is if they do not communicate. They won't learn as fast as they want. So, other than、uh, these two factors, linguistically, there are other challenges people face.、Uh, I was I will say、uh, three major challenges from my research. One is tones.、Uh, one will be the reading Chinese characters. That's very hard. And the hard. last、yes. one is writing Chinese. <laughs> Tones will be a very challenging part, especially for people with alphabetic language background. Even I'm a Mandarin speaker. When I learn Cantonese, it's still very difficult to get the tones in Cantonese. It's very difficult. The nine And, tones、uh, in when, Cantonese.、Uh, yes, that's right. <laughs>、uh, Mandarin and the Cantonese are tonal language, and、uh, people will find it difficult because they may understand the concept incorrectly at the beginning. They may mix it with stress or intonation, which is not the case. The second difficulty is reading、uh, Chinese characters. If you、uh, are a true beginner, you look at this where it's like pictures. Uh, it, and uh, if you uh, learn for a period of time,、uh, you encounter a word you did not learn previously. You still cannot sound it out. So Chinese is what we call the orthographic opaque language, which means that the pronunci- pronunciation may not be directly reflected from the、uh, shape, the form. So writing system does not provide a consistent cue for pronunciation, and the last difficulty would be the writing Chinese characters. Right now we have technology, and my student asks me, "Do we still teach students write in Chinese, or we they can just type?" So that's the three difficulties people normally encounter when learning、uh, either Mandarin or Cantonese. That's such a re- that's a really interesting point. Your last point about whether or not we should teach our students to type out Cantonese character,、uh, Chinese characters, or、mm-hmm. learning to write it. I mean, what's the solution? As we, I mean, we want people to still be able to write the strokes. But nowadays, homework、uh, is really being done on the computer, and and inputting the stroke order is is a bit different than than writing it. What's your take on that, Professor Lin? 
Mm. We actually did a synthesis on comparing uh, the affordances of uh, typing and uh, handwriting in Chinese characters. We are talking about second language learners or foreign language learners. They learn Chinese as an additional langu uh, language. So people may prefer type in Chinese because it's easier and uh, think about it in, uh, in our daily life. Um, do we write? Not much. If we do not take classes, we, 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 we don't write that much. So people may think if we, uh, we can type and communicate, uh, there's no need to learn how to write Chinese characters. But our research shows that the typing and the handwriting provide different benefits. For typing, especially you use romanization, it allows you to connect uh, forms and uh, pronunciations better than handwriting, which makes sense. You use romanization to type and it helps you to reinforce what you have learned. So it uh, highlights, it has a greater impact on the phonology recognition and the link between meaning, uh, the sounds and the forms. But in terms of handwriting, it also has some unique affordances that uh, uh, typing cannot do. It helps you to learn the forms better. And to memorize because it, because by writing it, it's like yes. when we revise something in exams when we were younger, by handwriting it out, it sort of reinforces it in your memory as well. That's right. It, it, uh, it, uh, it brings the... It increased students' uh, orthographic recognition and uh, helping students to link the meaning and the shape, uh, meaning and form uh, better. Yeah. So what sorts of technology can perhaps uh, help people with their uh, Chinese writing? Are there apps or technology that can help you with stroke order? I think that's one thing that's <laughs> quite quite difficult to memorize. Oh, uh, yeah. What sorts of technology can, can make uh, learning Chinese easier? Uh, for for ch learning to write Chinese characters or learning to input in Chinese characters, I would say it depends on your goal. If your goal is just being able to read, then uh, writing Chinese characters may not be that important to you. You just, as long as you can uh, link the pronunciation and the character, then you, it serves the purpose. You can focus on the, uh, you can focus on the typing. But uh, there are different uh, uh, input methods. If you are use, if you want to strengthen your link between the forms and the meaning, there are some handwriting tools, the handwriting input. So you can use that to probably consolidate the forms and meaning and the shape, uh, the pronunciation together using that. So technology can also help you to depict the, the, the find the meaning of these characters and so you can take pictures of the character and you can look it up in the dictionary as said so uh, that's uh, some technology tools you can use for, uh, for writing Chinese characters there are also tools that illustrate uh, stroke animations but uh, to be honest for foreign language learners uh, as long as you have a consistent stroke orders I think that's fine your stroke order may be different from native speakers but as long as you are consistent in at the radical level, 
I think uh, that that's fine. Yeah, the, the yeah. trouble with some of the technology that I've come across is that, um, I mean, I, I'm born and raised in Hong Kong, but my reading of Chinese mm-hmm. is is you know not great. Um, sometimes I'll mm-hmm. use uh, say the website Cantonese Input, and I will phonetically yeah. spell um, what I want to say in Chinese, mm-hmm. um, and then it'll come up with the character. So, for example, okay. the word uh, M I N G Ming. And it comes up with the different mm-hmm. varieties of Ming. There is Ming, mm-hmm. there's Ming, and all these different. And you'll have to still be able to read those characters to know which right. to know which version you're using. Otherwise, you could be using the wrong version of the word. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. how can uh, how can technology solve that issue, or, or is it does it still come down to practice and really uh, double checking, fact checking? Yes, it is the uh, practice makes it perfect. And uh, another way to another workaround is to use speech recognition, but you have to be correct on tones. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, so both ways, uh, like a synergy. Yeah, both ways. <laughs> yes, the point is you need to practice. Yeah, there's no shortcut. Exactly, um, Professor Lin. What 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 sorts of things are you working on at the moment? Uh, have you got a new research that you're working on that you can share with our listeners? Uh, I've got two lines of research currently. The first line is to examine how technology can can facilitate vocabulary vocabulary learning in both first language and the second language. So we developed oh. a website that helped the uh, third and fourth grade to learn vocabulary learning strategies. And we also uh, evaluate uh, what kinds of vocabulary apps on the market um, has a better design. So that's the first line of research. The second line of research is uh, training. So uh, I want to equip my students with the tools, the knowledge and the skills they can help their students learn a new language or learn their first language. So. Uh, we are working on uh, training materials for preserve teachers, and we want to equip teachers with, with technology-enabled pedagogy that can be used in their daily teaching. With the students that um, that your students teach, so you're teaching students who will become teachers, and their That's students, right. um, are they learning Chinese or, or, or Cantonese or Mandarin as a second language then? And um, oh no 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 they are they are native speakers okay. but uh, they may teach uh, non uh, local students sure. so they will take they will teach uh, in mainstream local schools but occasionally they will encounter a student whose be- uh, whose uh, first language is not Mandarin or Cantonese yeah so uh, equip them with the skill will be essential mm-hmm. yeah so with, with with those students then. Th- with learning Cantonese and and Mandarin, technology plays a big part. But really, part of it is about immersion. They have to immerse themselves in that environment so that they can speak it, learn it every single day, even at home, so to speak. Because I know a lot of families who, for example, uh, their schools teach in Mandarin, but at home they still speak in Cantonese. Does that sort of create um, um, a setback um, for, for them acquiring Mandarin, or you know, does it matter really? Because the brain is very clever at distinguishing school as Mandarin, home as uh, Cantonese. How, how does that work? That, that's a very, a very good question. Uh, a lot of uh, so families' language is very important to their language development. 
but if family does not speak the language we teach in schools, then teachers should create an inclusive environment or increase the exposure to the target language. One thing we did in the past is that uh, uh, if students do not have the environment, we created online. What kind of thing we can do? We put student assignment online so that they can be able to see each other's homework. Well, student at the beginning were reluctant to do it, but uh, but uh, if we put that in a safe place and they get used to it, they are very excited. Uh, for speaking, they want to speak um, as fluently, as uh, accurately as possible, so they practice. They practice it over and over before submitting the perfect work online. And when they listen to others, they will naturally make comments. So the, 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 you, you create uh, an environment that allows students to interact, to reflect, to monitor their progress. So I think that's a simple but a very effective technique uh, we uh, use in school. That's really great. And once you do that, then the students become unselfconscious and they're able to really speak confidently in the language that they all learn at school. That's right. Yeah. Well, Professor Lin, I learned so much from you and I really enjoyed talking with you this afternoon. Can you remind our listeners, uh, how can we find out more about you and your work? Have you got a website we can follow you on? Uh, if you want to know more about my work, you can reach me at uh, my Hong Kong email. It's C-H-I-N-H-S-I at H-K-U dot H-K. And it all, uh, I also have a website, jinxilin.com, uh, or whatever Chinese Literacy Lab. Excellent. Chinese lab. Yeah. We'll share that on our Facebook page as well. Uh, Professor Lin, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your knowledge and your time with our listeners this afternoon. And I look forward to having you back on next time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.